What's up, everybody? How's it going on in internet wrestling community land and all over the World Wide Web? It is me. It is me. The big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, kicking it with you on this beautiful Sunday morning, as I've been telling you guys about. I've been warning you that we're going to be getting up well, with coffee. We're going to be uh, talking wrestling on the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. We got a big show starting it off right, of course, because that's how we do it. I've been telling you guys for about a month now that I'm going to be moving the show to early in the morning. So instead of enjoying a, a nice beer with dinner uh, and listening to and watching the Heel and Face podcast, you can enjoy it with coffee and brunch. And uh, what better way to um, kick off this first move, this, this change, is by having an amazing, fantastic guest with me. Uh, I have him courtesy of... Uh, botched spots and chair shots. You can follow them on Twitter at bot spot chair shot. <laughs> and you can also follow him at uh, botched spots and chair shots.com. He is the head writer uh, for that uh, website. You can follow him there. You can also uh, follow him um, on his, on his own uh Twitter handle at the underscore will underscore gray on Twitter. And the most important uh, aspect of his bio is that he's also a cancer survivor. So I'm going to introduce to you from botch spots and chair shots podcast, will gray. How's it going? Will? Stevie C, I'm so hyped to be here, man. I know that uh, we've been talking for a few weeks. We've been following each other for a while, but the opportunity to come on and be on your show and having you on mine, it's the the beauty in the internet, internet wrestling community, just going back and forth and uh, doing home and homes with these guys and getting to know everybody and uh, doing the show. So I'm super hyped to be here and uh, talk about some wrestling with you. Yeah. I mean, this is what it's all about, man. This is all I've, I'm, I've learned that. Uh, coming from outside of the uh, creator community, not really being my first uh, my 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 first thing that I do, my first vocation or whatever. Um, I'm learning a lot every day, and I'm just digging all the people that I'm meeting every day on uh, in the internet wrestling community, especially in the wrestling podcast community. So uh, it's super dope to have you on my show, and I really appreciate you taking the time being here. I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, any opportunity to uh, to talk about wrestling. And I usually I, I jokingly call myself on my show uh, a chef by trade and a mark by choice because I was a chef for 15 years uh, and then decided to uh, cover professional wrestling for a living. So I'm a I'm lucky to be as involved as I am on whatever spectrum the, the wrestling world allows me to be, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and see now I'm coming from kind of a similar situation too. And actually I just got the nine to five gimmick back. So just a brief uh, history for you and for your uh, fans that are listening along as well. Uh, I uh, was, am actually still am now anyway, an English teacher for a long time uh, taught inner city uh, Columbus, Ohio for a very long time, English. And um I don't want to bore anybody with the details, but uh, basically uh, my uh, principal turned heel on me. Uh, she went full Mr. McMahon and I ended up uh, out of a job. So I took some of my retirement, went in and I went to the Ohio Media School where I learned about uh, a little bit of broadcast journalism. But 
thankfully, thankfully, now I can say that I'm going back to the nine to five gimmick. I'm going back into the uh, classroom starting in August. So I'm really psyched. And I don't think it's going to take a lot away or anything away from uh, the quality podcasts that I put forth at all, because I feel like um, uh, now I'm energized. And part of the reason why I was hired is maybe help uh, students work on some of those kind of skills myself. So I'm really excited and, 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 you know, to look forward to this new adventure, especially being outside the classroom. But the best part about uh, being a teacher and being able to do this is that I can, uh, I'm really good at pointing out when people mess things up. So whether it's, whether it's in classroom or whether it's in the wrestling ring, I'm good at pointing out people's uh, faults. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell people, but you know what, let's just uh, get right to it. Shall we? Let's just move in. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to go over the first news article that came by was uh, apparently not everyone in wrestling is convinced that uh, Liv Morgan is a credible uh, champion right now, or at least within the first, what, three days of her reign. Uh, recently on his uh, podcast on uh, Sirius, uh, Sirius XM satellite radio on Busted Open Radio, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Bubba Ray Dudley was very critical of Liv Morgan's uh, promo on Raw. As a matter of fact, he even said to the effect that Liv is playing wrestling. I feel like I'm watching someone who's playing a pro wrestler and not being a pro wrestler. So real quick, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Bubba Ray's reaction to Liv Morgan's promo? I think Liv Morgan is a, I mean, I'm just going to say it. She's a less talented, less attractive version of Alexa Bliss. Uh, she's an internet sweetheart. She needs more work in the ring. She needs more work on the mic. Uh, she won money in the bank because WWE didn't have anything else to do with her. Uh, she's the quintessential example of why they need a mid-card title. I don't think she's ready to be a champion, to carry the load, to defend it regularly. She doesn't speak well. She has trouble working on the mic. Um, I could probably go on forever, but also in the same hand, like I look at WWE and go, who else? You know what I mean? Rhonda's not full-time. She's not going to carry it forever. Charlotte's in the process of trying to start a family, so she doesn't want another two-year reign. Becky's on Raw. Bianca's on Raw. Asuka's on Raw. So, like, SmackDown really didn't have a whole lot of options here. So I don't think Liv was necessarily ready, but she had no choice. She had to be. So that's just it. She's definitely playing a wrestler is a good way to put it because all she was done was she was shown a bunch of moves and how to do them. She wasn't taught how to build matches. She wasn't taught how to tell a story. She wasn't taught how to talk on the mic. She wasn't taught how to cut a promo. She wasn't taught how to gain shine or you gain heat. Like she wasn't taught any of these things. So Liv Morgan is somebody who has the facade of being a professional wrestler. Mm -hmm. Uh, my question then would be back to you. Uh, do we need to give her a little bit of a break, seeing as though this is her first time 
in the spotlight. I know some of the backlash that Bully Ray suffered on Twitter is, is that, geez, can we give her three days? Like, can we give her a minute? And um, notwithstanding uh, my feelings, I actually agree with you 100% about mid-card belts for the women's divisions. Uh, that's a whole other conversation, for, maybe for a whole other day. But should we just let her kind of grow into the role, knowing that WWE always uh, uh, superscripts all of their promos? Because part of Bully Ray's uh, criticism is is that she's getting a scripted promo that they're telling her to say, "I couldn't do it without you guys." They're trying to get her that white meat baby face uh, he, uh, push behind her from the crowd. Uh, to, to the crowd to accept her as as the baby face. So she's saying the things a baby face would say. Are we being too critical so far on her? Or is Bully Ray kind of justified in saying she doesn't even sound like a champion because she's not even convincing as a champion? She wasn't ready to be champion. She didn't talk like a champion before she got the belt. She didn't walk like a champion before she got the belt. She sure as she, she didn't work more importantly, like a champion before she got the belt. Therefore, like, he's not wrong. I'm not taking away from the fact, like I said, she's the internet sweetheart. And I catch heat for this all the time. I don't like bad wrestlers. And I'm sorry, I don't think Liv Morgan is a super great wrestler. She is she is a mid-card female superstar at best. She's not a world champion. She still has a lot of growing to do. That doesn't mean that in three to four years, she won't be ready to be a champion. I just don't think she's there yet. And because of that, I'm worried that she might have a faulty first title reign. You might see her as being somebody like uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is a good example. Somebody who had... You know, a ton of build, never really had trouble getting over, kind of floated from gimmick to gimmick, left, redid himself, came back, got a title reign. Liv is kind of in that same position. She was bouncing between bad gimmick to bad gimmick. She was building it up. And then when she finally gets the opportunity to be champion, here she is. But like I said, she just isn't there yet, in my opinion. She still needs to grow some as a wrestler. That's why I say they need the mid-card title is to help her be ready and to get ready. To lend credence to what you said, she wasn't on the Indies for very long. She only worked in Jersey, where she was from. Now, granted, Jersey's a pretty nice place to start when you've got, uh, what, Johnny Rods and you've got other places out there um, to start. Uh, but she wasn't on the Indies for very long. She got snatched up pretty quickly by uh, the WWE de Developmental, and that's all she's ever known so that leads credence into it because the one fault of being snatched up by uh, developmental and per the performance center is, is that you don't learn all those nuances on how to be a superstar. You don't learn how to um, win, win over a crowd when there's 20 people there, 10 of them are drunk and 10 of them are kids. You don't know how to do all those things that may help convince the general population that you are a champion. She, she never did any of that. And so that definitely leads credence to it. I personally think that part of the reason why she's even getting this title run is this is kind of an apology for all the uh, God awful uh, angles that she'd been put in. I mean, the last major thing that she's done 
was that ridiculous lesbian lover angle with Lana. Lana's not even in the company anymore. And Bobby Lashley has moved on to bigger and better things. So I think they just basically are saying, we're sorry, Liv, here you go. I don't know if that's how you want to determine your champion, but at least that's an overture to her to kind of make up for the all the all the crap she's had to eat for her. She was, she was the only option. I, I could just say that. Like, there's okay. no other options. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. SmackDown doesn't have anybody right now. She's the internet sweetheart. That's why she's where she's at. So, I mean, I'll give props to WWE in that aspect as they finally listen to the fans for something because the fans have been saying for months that Liv needed this push. And like I said, I don't think that she's not going to be great. I just don't think she's there yet. That's all. Okay. That's fair because we'll see. You know, sometimes uh, the the wrestler makes the title. Sometimes the title makes the wrestler. I just... She's got a lot of life left in her. She's she's not dead in the water yet. So hopefully, I hope your prediction comes through. I hope what you're saying is true. I hope she she gets there at some point. You're right. She's not there yet, and, but let's hope she gets there. Um, so speaking of um, other uh, internet favorites, someone who is not uh, going to be an internet favorite uh, long after this, uh, but... This wrestler, she says a lot of things on her social media. She uh, will post a bunch of uh, thirst trap pictures and then yell at guys who are trying to slide into her DMs. Um, She's got away, gotten away in the past with saying uh, sketchy things, uh, uh, you know, as far as racial words that she may or may not have said. But the one thing that she said this weekend really kind of, uh, drove me mental. So, uh, you know who I'm referring to? I'm referring to Impact uh, Knockout Jordan Grace, who recently went on Twitter, as she does, and basically said uh, she called out uh, wrestler Chris Benoit, who, as we know, very controversial. Uh, even in death, he's very controversial. And uh, she basically said that uh, if Chris Benoit were around today, that he would not be able to hang with any of the new talent, prompting everyone on Twitter and in the wrestling community to like descend upon her, which she even in her tweet said, yeah, I'm going to catch it for this, basically. So um, my question to you is, why go after Chris Benoit? Why make this kind of a statement? I know she was replying to another tweet, but why even why even go there at all? It seems like everything she does on her uh, social media is a bad choice. I have mixed emotions about Benoit. I say this a lot and I sound like a broken record. I don't ever want to sound like I'm praising Chris Benoit as a person because I'm not. The terrible things he did were terrible. You can't move away from that. Pause. Let's relocate ourselves into this magical professional wrestling bubble where we can ignore everything else except for what happened in the squared circle. Okay. I'm just going to say it like the rest of the stuff doesn't exist. Cool. Yep. Chris Benoit would stretch Jonathan Gresham in his sleep. If Jonathan Gresham woke up after having a dream that he wrestled against Chris Benoit, he would need to apologize for it. 
I'm just going to be honest. And don't even get me started on the amount of smoke woman would bring that Jordan Grace wasn't ready for. Nancy Benoit and Chris Benoit both hands down would take more to Jonathan Gresham and Jordan Grace than either one of them could handle. Chris Benoit would stretch 90% of active wrestlers with the exception of your, you know, your Brian Danielsons. Uh, your Will, your Yudas. You got to look at somebody like a Will Osprey or a Shibata, or you start looking at these technical powerhouses that could work with him. You take away all the other terrible things Benoit did, and you just look at his in-ring work. There's not a whole lot of dudes that can outwork him in the business today. That's all I'm going to say about it. And it sure as crap wouldn't be Jonathan Gresham. He wouldn't be one of them. And Gresham's a beast. Don't get me wrong. He's a technical powerhouse. But Jonathan Gresham couldn't lace Chris Benoit's boots. She had two takes and both of them were terrible. Yep. And I don't know if it's because she just wants the smoke because she wants the clout on Twitter or not or Instagram or not. Um, I'm just about done with her as far as her social media anyway. Um, You know, I just follow just to keep up with everybody. But, um, you know, you. You, you sit here and you, um, again, like I said, you'll post thirst trap pictures and then yell at guys for commenting on, on how women wrestlers look. Um, you know, you get you, you, you skirt the lines of what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say, and you cover it up with, um, oh, yeah, my husband is, is black. I mean, I don't think that's exactly the thing that you're supposed to like. That doesn't excuse any of your behavior. And then for you to then say, you know, besmirch Chris Benoit um, and then turn around and end your response with, oh, and he can go burn in hell. I mean, what are you even doing? You're just begging us to comment on this. And if you want the smoke, I'll provide it for you. I just provided, by the way, as an aside. I uh, provided uh, Kimberly with some smoke earlier uh, last week uh, because uh, she put out some weird TikTok video of her grinding on the floor. And then she said something about the, the, the haters or something. And I had to respond to that. I had to just straight up tell her. I was like, uh, you know, she said, oh, I'm pretty good at doing this. She was grinding on the floor. I said, you're even better at ruining people's careers. <laughs> and then, of course, she had to reply to me, oh, nothing that I said wasn't the truth. And we all, all rolled our eyes and laughed. And um, but, you know, I don't I don't mind because I guess Twitter's kind of that space. I'm a little meaner on Twitter than all my other social media posts. But um, and, and maybe it's something I need to work on as a person. But I feel like if you're putting stupidity out there, you're going to get it checked. And just the fact that um, not just John Gresham, but who are the others like? You know, Wheeler Yuta, not to pick on him too much, but he's getting mega pushed in AEW right now. The guy is okay, but he was a dojo guy for New Japan and a dojo guy for Ring of Honor. He barely cracked the surface, even when Ring of Honor was failing. And now he's this superhero. Like, he wouldn't last two minutes with Chris Benoit. None of these guys that are being promoted right now. And that's nothing to take away their talent. And I'm not saying that they're crap, and in 10, 15 years, they won't be amazing wrestlers. I'm just saying, you know, um, Clark Connors, amazing young guy coming up uh, in Ring of Honor in New Japan, U.S. But Um, why did I pay $50 to watch Clark Connors wrestle? You know what I mean? Like, why? Why did I pay 50 bucks to watch a kid that I had no idea? And I'm not and I'm telling I'm saying this as somebody who watches independent wrestling 
four days a week. I go to shows weekly to support independent wrestling, to cover independent wrestlers. I love indie wrestling. I will always support, you know, these guys. I say it all the time. The best wrestling isn't on your TVs on Monday nights anymore. But the fact of the matter is, is that if I'm going to pay $50 for a pay-per-view, I don't want to have to Google participants' names to be able to understand who they are. Like you said before, you said it best. And I will quote you, Stevie C, because I love the way you said it. Don't make me do homework before I watch your TV show. Like that drives me crazy. There were so many guys from New Japan and I'm an educated wrestling fan and I had no clue who some of these guys were. And Clark Connors is one of them. Right. Thank you. And by the way, you heard it here on the Heel Face podcast. (laughs) Big ups to my man, Will. Look, I mean, you know, and then let's go there then because I guess we'll just put that Jordan Grace stuff to bed because she's ignorant anyway. But let's just go there. Uh, because this is the other beautiful thing about doing podcasts is that you could just kind of go with the flow and let's do it. Um, I, honest to God, want AEW to succeed. I was telling you on your podcast, I'm not a fan of monopolies. I'm not a fan of Vince owning everything and, you know, the puppet strings all over an entire, uh, an entire industry. Um, even if it is a niche industry. Um, I use the analogy of, uh, you know, the, 20 car companies. I like the fact that we have 20 car companies in the United States because it gives a lot of diversity, competition, all that stuff. Unfortunately, wrestling is such a niche entertainment product that really the only people that are doing it well is WWE right now. Let's face facts. You might not like the sports entertainment side of it. I have problems with it myself, but it is what it is. And it's like the McDonald's of wrestling. You're right. It's the McDonald's of the sport. That being said, as much as I hate on AEW, I really do want them to succeed. But the moves that they constantly make, the people they constantly push, the nobodies, and then you have to, what's the whole point of being on cable TV, drawing a broader audience, right? Why did why did streaming services become very popular? Because I like this show. I want to see, you know, I don't watch it, but I'm using an example. I want to see Umbrella Academy. Okay. Netflix has Umbrella Academy. So all the fans of Umbrella Academy are going to go to Netflix and they're going to watch the Umbrella Academy. And if Netflix picks up a couple of random people, you know, then great. That's better for their numbers. Give you another example. I didn't read any of the Game of Thrones books, but I love the Game of Thrones series. I don't count season eight for anything. Uh, in my mind, the game, the show ended at season seven. If you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you know what I'm talking about. I went to HBO just so I could watch Game of Thrones. Okay, just like many other people did, right? That's because it's a specific cable channel that I have to seek out and be a member and, and buy, right? But if I'm on basic cable and I'm getting low value production, which is what wrestling is, wrestling is, is even with the technology, even with everything else, uh, it's still one of the lowest like profit margin. Like you don't have to spend a whole bunch of money to really, really produce a show. Uh, in like like in in the sense that you know uh, the, they've they've only boosted the production value up themselves. You see what I mean? If if that makes it clear, like you know, in the Jim Crockett days, you just had a camera, you had fifty people that you gave a ticket to, and you you did a whole like day's worth of matches on a Tuesday, like a whole you you booked your whole entire month on a Tuesday, and it doesn't take that much. 
and as far as like, okay, so you get this basic product that's really easy to produce and you put it live and you get people to watch it. And the only people you're getting are people who uh, already know half the uh, roster of New Japan. Like you only like people who know Orange Cassidy. I don't want to pick on Orange Cassidy. I actually particularly like Orange Cassidy. But you got to educate the broader audience if you're going to put it on a pre a free basic cable station you got to advertise you got to tell people who orange cast is you just can't assume oh he's a cool weird quiet guy in a jean jacket like i can't i just don't believe that they're ever going to grow their audience by just rolling out okada just rolling out um tanahashi just rolling out these guys and just assuming that the general public knows who they are I got into, and I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant a little bit, but I got, I got, get into it all the time with AEW stands on, uh, on Twitter. You know, I had one person actually try to convince me that vignettes are not necessary. And that's why AEW doesn't do them because no one needs to know all this backstory. It's boring and nobody sets it in. If that's the case, then WWE must be way behind the times, but yet people know who the heck the wrestlers are. You don't have to, you know, the vignettes, they have four minutes. You cut six four-minute segments, spread it out over a month and a half, telling me who uh, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi is. Tell me why he's the ace. Tell me why he's coming over here to uh, challenge people in AEW. Tell me why this is the first time he's been seriously wrestling in the States. Tell me over a period of time. Don't just assume I'm just going to see him there and, like, go crazy like the fans in, in the arena do. Sorry, that's my little rant, but I mean, I guess you get where I'm coming from. I do. Uh, when you look at wrestling as a whole like that, AEW, I feel like, isn't, they say they're geared. One of the things that drive me crazy is they're, key, they're geared for the key demo. And yeah. uh, I don't, I don't discriminate. I don't say I don't like AEW or I don't say I don't like WWE or I don't say I don't like Ring of Honor. I don't like bad wrestling. Yeah. And I say that a lot. If I'm watching a show and it's bad, I'm going to stop watching it. If I don't like it, there's parts of WWE I will not watch. I will not watch the 24-7 division because it's not professional wrestling. I will not watch the Sami Zayn jackass stuff and i'm saying the tv show uh, i'm really trying to watch my language and behave for you stevie c uh-huh. i really am um cool man. Like I, I never got into the the jackass stuff when, even when i saw smackdown live and they did the whole gimmick with sammy Zayn pretending to be the host of jackass even yeah. then like people were booing in the crowd they were yelling that this isn't professional wrestling like when i see crappy pro wrestling or stuff that isn't pro wrestling at all i change the channel that's why i told you i don't watch it live anymore because i like to be able to fast forward through the stuff i don't care about and that's just the reality of it and you know what's awesome about it i get to do that because it's pro wrestling i can watch whatever i want whenever I want to. And it doesn't matter. There might be people on AEW. I will switch the channel on every time they come out to the ring, but guess what? There's people in WWE that I do the same thing for. The worst way it is. Right. The worst thing that WWE does is that the the 20 minute promo at the the beginning of every show. I don't know. They don't do it so much as SmackDown, but I mean, there was a time there, especially when Randy Orton was on top where it was like, 
okay, you know what? I can walk in to Raw 20 minutes late and and they'll start and we'll see a match. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't need all that, man. I just need just get to the action. Tell me why these people hate each other and why they're fighting and then figure it out from there. That's it. When you stray from actual wrestling, that's when you you it, you, you run into problems. Do you ever see the uh, famous uh, WWE uh, South Park episode? Yes. The wrestling uh, episode, the wrestling episode. I mm-hmm. mean, they nailed it. Oh, like, you're absolutely right. I said recently on Twitter, I said that uh, WWE television was becoming the caricature that South Park made it. Yeah. Like caricature, like in a sense that sometimes it almost seems like they're not, they're not wrestlers anymore. They're people acting to be like, they're pretending to be wrestlers. It's almost like watching the young rock in some cases where it's just guys pretending to be professional wrestlers, not actual professional wrestlers. Ironically enough, that's kind of what Bubba Ray's point was about Liv Morgan. If we're circling back a little bit was that she doesn't feel like a pro wrestler. She feels like somebody who's pretending to be a pro wrestler. And there's a lot, of that going on out there and it isn't just AEW. i know that i'm not stupid um i i know that um there's plenty of people who are pretending to be wrestlers in wwe um so you know uh tell me then what what you think like okay so we we've we've spent some time like saying what rest, what what we don't like about wrestling or what exactly we uh, you know, the criticism of people who pretend to be wrestlers. Uh, show me some people. Tell me, talk about some people that you got your eye on right now who really get it or really are, in your mind, real pro wrestlers right now. Doesn't matter what uh, promotion could be AW, WWE, Ring of Honor, MLW, have somebody in mind that in your mind convinces you that, hey, they are a wrestler. I have a few right now on my list. I'm going to start uh, the first one on my list right now. I'm going to do a aerial guy, a high flyer, somebody who's a quick guy, goes real fast, boom, 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 high spots. I'm going to give you a technical wrestler who I think right now is the best technical wrestler on the planet, and I'm going to give you a big man to watch, and then I'm going to give you a indie guy that you've never heard of that will be on your TV within the next six months. Sure. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. So this is what I'm going to give you right now. Okay. My number one high flyer right now in the business that I would say just recently won me over and people who listen to my show and will hear this on your show will go, wow, Will just said something nice about this guy. And that's Will Ospreay. I've always said for a long time that if Will Ospreay wanted to convince me that he was the best in the world, he had to come to America and do it on the biggest stage in front of the biggest crowd and show me that he can sell out arenas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Check. Will Ospreay did that. He came over here. He participated in AEW. He defended in New Japan and uh, NJPW, IWGP, U.S. heavyweight title on American soil on the biggest stage. He put together a banger of a match that had good comedy. It had good sports entertainment. It told a good story. I'm a little bit iffy on Orange Cassidy, but he even showed me in that match that when he wants to, even he can work. Right. You know what I mean? So Will Ospreay, he's up there. He really turned me around as far as a high flyer who does high spots, but can also work well in the ring. Yeah. The best technical wrestler in the world right now is Brian Danielson. 
I still think even at this point through the injuries he's had, um, the Blackpool Combat Club is a cool concept. I think Regal coming out with Mox and Wheeler Yuta and all those guys, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, cool. Brian Danielson is still the best technical wrestler on the planet right now. The big man that I think right now that's on a hot streak that needs to be watched is Wardlow. I think that winning the TNT title for him is big. He's a big brute, but he's not so big that he can't be athletic. Uh, Wardlow's got big star capabilities. And then on the independent scene, there's a guy coming up in Tennessee right now in the middle Tennessee circuit. He wrestles out of Memphis. His name is Colton Cage. He's okay. a five. To- he's the five tool player, the Casanova Colton Cage. When I tell you he can work, he can talk, he can run, he can. Uh, he's got uh, cardio for days. He can tell a story in the ring. I watched him do a ladder match the same week I watched him do a technical shoot wrestling match in the middle of the ring. Like Colton Cage will be on your TV in the next six months to a year. He'll be wrestling for Impact. He'll be wrestling for a Ring of Honor. He'll be wrestling for an MLW. The kid's on the rise. He just won the PWA Southern Heavyweight title. Uh, he's wrestling in Memphis in a couple weeks for uh, Jerry Lawler's title, I think. Like, okay. the kid's on the rise. So those are four names that I feel like the best high flyer on the market right now, the best technical wrestler, the best big man, and in my opinion, one of the best guys on the independent circuit. So that's I love that list. I am going to definitely um, Google and look up Facebook and everything on Colton Cage. That that sounds like a real exciting prospect to keep your eye on. I love doing it. I know this sounds kind of weird when I try to explain it to people, but part of the reason why I like indie wrestling is I like it in the same way that a lot of people like to follow uh, minor league baseball, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, can you say that you saw Derek Jeter in the independent league playing second base and shortstop and third base? Um, mm-hmm. Because you saw a future Hall of Famer. And I kind of like that, kind of dig that. And um, yeah. I haven't seen too many, like, um, uh, my my wheelhouse of independency pretty much was when Ring of Honor was in its heyday. But there's a couple of guys that I've seen. I mean, I've seen... Um, uh, I, I've seen uh, Jeff Irons uh, live because from Ohio. Um, I didn't get a chance to check out uh, uh, Madman Fulton, but he does do a lot of shows around here. Um, and uh, you said Wardlow representing from the uh, Northeast Ohio from the 330. Uh there's a lot of guys here that I really um, love dig keep keep my eye on. I didn't catch them too much on the the real small indie scene, but kind of the super indie scene kept my eye on them. I watched uh, Kyle O'Reilly die at the hands of Michael Elgin in uh, the, the survival of the fittest match in Ring of Honor in Dayton years ago. Um, so uh, you know, I yeah, I try to keep my eye, and I love watching them because then you can see that guy's got it, that girl's got it. You, they're going to be huge. And as much as you're in the Colton cage right now, um, yeah, you know, you, you're confident and I trust your judgment, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to look forward to this guy too. And I actually have an indie guy that you keep your eye on. Who's, who's moving up the ranks too. Um, that I'm, I'm uh, aware of too. Uh, his name is PB smooth. He does a lot. He's the current rise champion in uh, Pittsburgh. And, oh yeah, I know, Rice. Yeah, and uh, he's got a match uh, 
coming up actually uh, this weekend, I think, in, uh, for the belt. I can't remember who his opponent is offhand, um, but he does a lot in here. He comes to Ohio to do uh, to do Ohio uh, Wrestling Alliance, which is another great indie uh, that's uh, come to prominence around here in the Columbus area. Uh, he does a lot. Pittsburgh, Northeast Ohio. He's been on uh, uh, AEW Dark a couple of times. Uh, he's 6'9", 320. Uh, he's Damn. Got, yeah, <laughs> he's got an, and, and it's all it's all lean. It's all like he played football in college, but he really should have been a basketball player. Uh, just long, he's got long arms. When he puts you up in his choke slam, I mean, <laughs> you're going up there, buddy. So uh, really good. Uh, you know, some things in his game he's got to iron out, but everybody else does. But he's getting a lot of pub and he's been uh, on AEW's radar for sure. So look for him uh, to be uh, prominent coming up here. That's my indie guy that I would uh, definitely tell you to keep an eye on. And I just uh, sent him an email. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just yeah. I just found him as you're talking about him. I pulled him up and just sent him an email. Like as yeah. you were that way I can go back to it later and check him out and stuff. But I was like, I'm doing this right now. Why he talks so I don't forget. <laughs> hey, when you gotta keep it player, you gotta call PV Smooth. That's all I gotta yeah. say. Yeah, man, I'm I'm hyped for it. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, wow. Uh we are you know, just Killing it here, speeding the hour. My guest on uh, this podcast is the amazing, the great, the talented, the Will Gray. He uh, is the writer for uh, Botch Spots and Chair Shots. You can go to botchspotsandchairshots.com. You can also check him out on uh, Twitter at his personal handle, the underscore Will underscore Gray. You can also check him out at uh, at B O T S H O T C H R S P O T. If I'm not mistaken, and if I am mistaken, I'll have it up in the graphic <laughs> so you guys can take a look at it too. But you should follow him there on Twitter. He's all over uh, the place. Uh, I'm enjoying the conversation that I'm having him uh, with him right now. Uh, this is a whole lot of fun. Uh, Will, so tell me a little bit about any. Uh, other promotions or other uh, angles that are catching your eye right now. Let's start with promotions first. I know you're talking about the Indies. You're a big indie guy. There's a nice scene happening in your neck of the woods there in Tennessee. Uh, tell me any other indie promotions that you kind of have your eye on uh, that we should be looking out for. Um, I've got a show coming up. It's on August 7th. It's called Neutral Grounds. Okay. Botch Mouths and Share Shots is going to be covering this show. And what you have is this is one of the first times I've ever seen anything like this. And uh, it's big in the professional wrestling world. And you'll understand why. What we have going on at Neutral Grounds on August 7th is five different independent wrestling promotions coming together for one show. So you've got the Rock and Wrestling Federation based out of Gallatin. You've got No Limit Pro Wrestling based out of Gallatin or Nashville. You got SWF out of Nashville, Tennessee All Pro Wrestling out of Morrison. And you've got Squared Pro Wrestling out of, I think, Lebanon, maybe. And I'm sorry if I mispronounce or miss 
speak, where the some of these home federations are. So what we have going on on the 7th is five different promotions coming in on MTSU's campus. And what they're going to do is it's going to be all interpromotional work. It's going to be champions versus champions, tag teams versus uh, tag teams. So you've got five different companies, five different rosters all coming together for one huge show on Sunday, August 7th. Um, It's going to be epic. Um, Some of the things that I would say on the indie circuit you need to watch out for. One big one is IWTV. If you're not, if you're into indie wrestling and you're not subscribed to IWTV, spend the $10 a month, 100% worth it. Those guys have taken this huge umbrella of streaming services and they've picked up all of these little independent promotions from all over the country. So when you sign on, if I go onto the IWTV app, on my phone right now and open it up. You can watch live stuff from all over the country. They've got stuff streaming from everywhere, from the South, from the North. They've got old interviews from guys who are in AEW now, back when they were in MLW and some of these other places. So sorry. They've got so much at your fingertips. I said it once, I'll say it again. The best wrestling on the planet right now isn't on your TV on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday nights. Man, I concur with that because I've may, been very vocal on my podcast that I'm kind of weaning away, even though despite I did like three straight shows where I reviewed uh, WWE stuff, and that was because of the pay-per-view. But I really try to focus more of my energy on MLW and uh, NWA uh, specifically. Uh, but uh, I actually have, uh, I don't have a personal beef, but just, you know, as far as, watching them live uh, i did watch the current uh iwtv champion heavyweight champion ac mac uh, upset shot the world and capture the ohio wrestling alliance heavyweight championship i was live when that happened so i might actually have been on iwtv and boy we were we were not happy as a crowd let me tell you um we're not fans of AC Mack up here, not just because he's from the South. <laughs> we're just not fans. We're very tired of his, his, his attitude, you know, telling us to hush, you know, telling us uh, who he, he thinks he is and who uh, he thinks we are. Uh, very upset when I saw um, OWA champ Trey Lamar lose it to him. And uh, it ended up being a, uh, a triple threat match. So he actually won the unsanctioned pro heavyweight uh, championship as well that match uh because uh unsanctioned pro is another great wrestling promotion by the way based out of columbus and they do shots in dallas and other places too but they mostly do columbus and they uh they also put uh their title up against it they had their champion cole radrick i don't know if you're familiar with him or not he's another guy by the way keep your eye on uh very much uh, the style of, uh, you know, Chris Benoit, but also of Kyle O'Reilly and, and very hard-nosed uh, technical wrestler, too. So, um, guys, to keep your, your eye on there. But, yeah, very upsetting to, to watch AC Matt come into our territory and take our belts. It was pretty pretty upsetting. <laughs> Just, But, yeah, I love what uh, Internet Wrestling TV is doing, too. And I don't know if we're giving them free plugs or not. I don't know how involved you are with them. But if you have the opportunity and your finances are right, I would suggest subscribing to them uh, for only 10 bucks a month as well. Um, AC Mac is a friend of the show. He's been on my show twice. He came on uh, one, he was on one of my live streams uh, like two weeks ago, I think not, not that long at all. Like he was on 
me find my cursor. I've actually got my episode list. He was on, um, he was on in June. So it's been almost uh, a little bit less than a month ago, about three weeks ago. He was on my show. Yeah. And, he uh, yeah I was at the show then that he lost the, uh, uh, he lost the, uh, OWA belt then. Um, he was, or, on no, show, he was on my show six fifteen, and then he was on my show six thirty. So he was on my show. Wow, eighth. Yeah, so he was on my show seven days ago. He was on my oh, show last wow. week. Yeah, I, uh, me and AC Mac, we're we're good friends. He's been on. He's a good friend of the show. Uh, a couple other guys. Alec Price is from the Northeast. He's from Maine with Limitless Wrestling. He's a beast. The prize, Alec Price. Um, what's cool about him is he came from the backyards, man. So recently at, uh, GCW backyard wrestling Four, like these dudes were out there on trampolines going at it, flipping on mattresses and stuff. And I'm not saying go watch a mud show, but if you've ever watched somebody wrestle in the backyard, come on, it's a little bit fun. And not to mention it's GCW. So, you know, there's going to be light tubes and unnecessary furniture and, (laughs) you know, people are, people are going to get juice for the sake of, you know, getting juice for no reason. And it's going to be a mud show, but you know what? It's still going to be fun. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, people like, I'm never going to yuck somebody's yum. If you like something like your stuff every now and then deathmatch wrestling isn't for everybody, but every now and then I might want to watch a deathmatch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's just the way it is. GCW is not for everybody. The backyard wrestling four was a lot of fun. Alec Price was a ton of fun. Another dude coming up in the indie circuit is a, uh, a nightmare factory graduate named kid bandit. Uh, they're all over the internet right now. Uh, done a lot of stuff. They did Effie's big gay brunch back in WrestleMania weekend in April, huge on the GCW scene. Um, so that's another indie uh, person to watch too is kid bandit. Wow. Like that. See, this is so much great information. I'm glad that I was able to have you on as a guest because now I've got a whole new um, library of, of people to look up and to start watching and to start uh, following because they're just going to have just a huge career. They're going to blow up very soon. And uh, I would have to be a hypocrite if I told people not to watch or hated completely on deathmatch wrestling. I mean, uh, as I told you on your show, like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time was Mick Foley. I mean, the literal king of the death matches in the 90s. So mm-hmm. I can't say that, you know, matter of fact, it's probably our generation was the one that brought death matches kind of to the forefront, really. So I can't really hate on anybody else. I try not to either. You like what you like and I like what I like. And even Vince McMahon has his famous quote about some people prefer vanilla. Some people prefer chocolate, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. hate on 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 anything uh, that that any anybody likes. It's just not really my cup of tea. So I learned some lessons about being part of the um, uh, the deathmatch hardcore like underground scene. I know it's a even smaller niche than the general wrestling public. Um, I kind of learned the hard way in the sense that. Um, I was kind of overexcited to going to a uh, a deathmatch show that I kind of let too many people know. I don't want to get into specific details about who it was or what the promotion was, but it, uh, I found out the hard way that um, there's a reason why it's hardcore and underground. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I may have informed one or two people about what was going on in their building. 
<laughs> and out of pure love and pure excitement for for the show and I ended up kind of talking to the wrong people which is like par for the course i don't go around generally in my life causing trouble but sometimes it just seems like the random stuff i say is the wrong thing so i try to keep, <laughs> i try to keep my mouth shut as much as possible and only focus on being a guy in his basement talking pro wrestling so um well we've been going at it for almost a solid hour and i really uh dig uh what we've been doing here and um i just want to kind of leave it as i know a little open-ended um but i want to just get one final uh opinion out of you uh as far as uh like what promotion do you see if we're talking about alternatives kind of like a super indie because as i always tell people if you're not going to see independent wrestling then you're not honestly a real wrestling fan there's no excuse for you to live in ohio and not go see independent wrestling i not and sometimes i wish that the promotions in ohio were as coordinated as you guys are in tennessee apparently like you could <laughs> never in, in ohio unfortunately like the most that anybody will collaborate is actually unsanctioned pro in ohio wrestling alliance but there's a couple of times where there's like i just saw on facebook a promoter that i follow basically berate one of his talents a talent who by the way will be on national tv very soon um berate him because instead of doing his show he went to do a spot show for the veterans and the promoter kind of pulled i'm very protective because you're my talent and i don't want you losing to another talent that's in direct competition in my area and blah blah and and whatever and you know how it gets with promoters it's like it's mm -hmm. it's like to some of these guys on the independent scene you know there's this this uh uh tooth lamont versus uh you know uh uh the sheik versus these other guys right and you know they're, they're trying to bring back the territory days and it's like come on guy like lighten up a little bit so i you know, it, it's not unfortunately as partnership oriented in ohio as i'd like to see i'd like to see a little bit more cross promotion from different promotions it seems like that's what you guys in tennessee have kind of going on over us but back to like my question um so is there a super indie is there someone who can rise up is there someone that can provide real pro wrestling in your mind is it major league wrestling is it nwa is it someone else that we haven't even talked about okay i'm going to give you once again because i'm will gray and i make lists for everything right um, i'm gonna say if you're looking in the Northeast. I think you need to go with Limitless Wrestling. I feel like there's been a ton of guys that have came through Limitless. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the Limitless champ is the prize, Alec Price. I just released his interview today over on the Smack Draw podcast, uh, YouTube, and Botch Spots and Chair Shots YouTube, uh, the prize, Alec Price, Limitless Wrestling. Um, if you're looking in the South, 
Um, you can always, you never go wrong with Southern independent wrestling. There's coastal championship wrestling in Florida that is, uh, ran by Gangrel. You've got Tennessee all pro wrestling out of the, uh, McMinnville and Nashville areas. You've got, uh, pro wrestling Alliance, which is here in middle Tennessee out East. Um, you've got NWA Smoky mountain. Uh, then if you go towards the Texas area and you want to look towards alternative pro wrestling in the Mexico area, you've got MCLL and AAA, which are Mexico's versions of like AEW and WWE right. uh, quality. You get out on the West Coast with your MLWs and your pro wrestling gorillas. Um, and then don't forget and don't sleep on Canadian wrestling. Uh, you've got the great, I don't want to mess it up. It's great North wrestling GNW, the GNW, the great North wrestling Canadian champion right now is Jeremy profit. Jeremy profit is a 20 year veteran. He started wrestling in the late nineties. He's held over 50 titles in Canada. And he's probably somebody that 90% of wrestling fans have never heard of because he's never broke into the American wrestling scene. He's wrestled in Canada his entire career. Wow. I could go on about these indie guys forever. But I, like I said, dude, I love indie wrestling. I don't think there's enough credit where credit is due for these guys. And it's like college football. They're all so hungry. They're all still looking to make it. They all know they're that one shot away from the call. So, dude, watch indie wrestling. Go. WWE and AEW shows are expensive. You can go see an indie show on a Friday night for five bucks. You can get popcorn and a soda for like three or four bucks. Yeah. Take your kids watch wrestling, see two or three hours of a mud show and go home happy, like promote indie wrestling. Got it right here. Notes. You can see. It's my thing, man. I could go about Got indie it. wrestling forever, man. I love independent wrestling. That is, that is so cool. Uh, that is so cool. And uh, yeah, I'm going to um, hip you, you know, I could do it, um, you know, off, off camera too. I can hip you to some, uh, other promotions, not just the couple that I mentioned, but there's a lot going on um, in Ohio and uh, in Indiana and um, Kentucky and Michigan. I hate to admit, <laughs> but Michigan <laughs> as well. So, um, all right. Uh, we'll hit your socials. Where can we find you? Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Will Gray. I'm the host and lead writer of Botch Bots and Chair Shots. I am also a featured writer over at Last Work on Sports and Pro Wrestling Stories. Make sure to follow Botch Bots and Chair Shots everywhere you do anything on the internet world. We are part of the Smack Draw Podcast Network that encompasses Mr. Kyle Tyson and RN. They host the Rewind and UWO. And then you've got the boss lady herself, Miss Allison, who is the overseer and kind of the chief brand officer that oversees all of our shows. So make sure you give all of them a follow. And I think that's it. Yeah. BotchBotsAndShareShots.com. I forgot my blinds. Did you see that? Like right there on the spot, my brain just stopped working. Like I've said it a million times in the middle of the outro. I just forgot what I was talking about. This is, oh, real life. This is live TV, people. This is what happens. You say something 500 times and then you forget midway through your spill of what you're even talking about. Go to Botch Bots and Share Shots. Just Google it. You'll find us. We're not hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> We're alive, pal. <laughs> And uh, I really enjoyed this time that we had together. Thank you, Will, for coming on the show. Uh, let's do it again, man. Let's find some time. Let's carve out some time and let's chop it up. 
again we'll find other things to talk about we'll definitely keep everybody caught up in the news scene and all that stuff and you can definitely kind of catch us up with the independent scene because you're like an encyclopedia of knowledge and i really appreciate you put it out there on twitter first and then us uh talking back and forth and getting together this is really dope i'm really glad this happened Man, I'm really glad to be on your show. Anything to help uh, the IWC out, specifically uh, like-minded people who love professional wrestling. Man, there's enough room at the table for all of us to eat. Absolutely. Coming from the chef of the internet wrestling community, the, the real gray. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Right. Man. Yeah, no problem. And that is it for me. That's it for me. The big old Stevie C. Thank you guys for joining me on an amazing podcast at the new time. Thanks for joining me live at the new time, 10 a.m. Sunday morning. And you were watching the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. And as always, peace. Peace.